Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Everyone say all. all. So not some of what we ask or imagine, but all of what we ask or imagine, and more of that, according to his power that is work, at work within us. Some versions say exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever hope for or imagine. So a question for all of us this morning, as an Aspire Church family and as individuals, is what is your level of expectancy for what God wants to do both in you and through you? Are you really expecting that the Father has great things for us, that he has great things for you, or have you just settled for what you currently have? Is your attitude, well, this is my lot in life, so I better just get used to it? Or on the other side, have you become so comfortable with how things are that you just your attitude's more, please don't rock the boat. I don't really want things to change. You know, a couple of old songs came to mind while preparing this, and um, I probably shouldn't sing too much. <laughs> but who knows that song that says, Okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. So, yeah, as I said, I shouldn't sing. I'm sure many will know this one. Nothing really changes, everything remains the same. We are what we are until the day that we die. You know, this should not be the attitude or belief system as born-again believers. We need to lift our levels of expectancy. We have a big, big God, right? If you need convincing of that, step outside your house tonight. Maybe not tonight, actually, looking at the weather. A night where it's clear. <laughs> and look at the stars. And imagine the whole universe formed merely by God's spoken word. Wow, I often think we try to make God smaller sometimes to make him more understandable. But we need to, like they say at McDonald's, you can upsize things. We need to upsize God and our expectations. I've heard a lot of people say, I would have loved to have been there at the time of creation. If you think that, maybe you haven't quite got the right idea of who God is. When he said, let there be light, light came rushing out of his mouth at 300 kilometers an hour, 300,000, sorry, kilometers an hour per second. So not per hour, 300,000 kilometers per second. Get it right, Kent. We have a big, big God. So if you were around at that time, that would have been pretty freaky. Let's pray before we go further. Father God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are a big, big God, that you are huge, that you're unfathomable, but yet you still desire to have that intimate relationship with each one of us. I just pray this morning as I share, Father, that your words, that your message, that you would encounter people, I thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. So my message this morning is entitled, Don't Settle for Less Than. Wrong way, is it? Don't 
don't settle for less than. You know, there's a true statement. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So it's pretty simple, but nothing changes if nothing changes. So in our life, if we want to see change and we want um, things to be different, then we have to be willing for things to change. And we all know this saying, I'm sure. That's not the one I was after. Neither's that. <laughs> Never mind. The saying I was looking for is, God loves us just the way we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. God loves us just the way we are, but loves us too much to leave us that way. Who knows that God is actually far more interested in our character than in our comfort? He's far more interested in our character than in our comfort. And so often as humans, we strive after comfort. And sometimes God in his wisdom has to take us out of our comfort to get us to grow. Because, you know, as humans, we're not actually inclined to change in comfort. Just how the human brain's wired. We're not inclined to change when we're on top of the world. Yes, there's another song about that. <laughs> I'm on top of the world looking down on creation. Yeah, anyway, moving on. So we're not likely to be open to change when everything's comfortable and when everything's going our way. So God is more interested in your character than in your comfort. And that's a quote from Jensen Franklin, who's the son of the great um, preacher. He's more interested in getting you to a point where you need to rely on him and his will and plan can then be filled both in you and through you. God wants to open doors in our lives that no man can shut. He wants to pour blessings out on our lives and use you for his cause and glory. He wants us to reach your full potential. But to do that, we need to be submitted to him and have him as Lord, not just as Savior. To crucify that old you that keeps playing the game, the old you that says, I can do it, I've got this or the old you that might hold it back and play it safe, the old you that's willing to settle for less than God's best. Just for interest's sake this morning, I'd like to do a scientific survey. So everyone stand up for a minute, please. This isn't the survey, but give the person next to you a high five and say, God has an awesome plan for your life. Right, now pay attention. This is the really key part because I need you to listen carefully. I want everyone to remain standing who loves frustration coming into your life. Stay standing if you thrive in an environment of frustration. In day-to-day -day existence, where feeling frustration becomes normal. We all love that, right? I was one or two who seemed to not mind frustration. <laughs> Okay, grab, grab a seat, guys. I mean, it's something I ask God to bring into my life regularly when I pray. It's like, Father God, will you just bring increased levels of frustration into my life today that I might just experience frustration in everything I... I pray like that, never. 
But you know, sometimes frustration can be God's way of trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you that there's something in your life that doesn't fit right anymore. That there's something that needs to be adjusted. It doesn't fit right anymore. Frustration can help you focus. You know, there's a lot of things that we can be a little bit bothered about in life, like not getting a car park outside Briscoe's or not getting a car park outside church on Sunday. <laughs> so we can be bothered by little things, but sometimes we actually need a good dose of frustration to get us moving, to get, get us to be willing to change, to make us mad enough at what we're settling for and mad enough at what we could potentially be missing out on. So then, because of that frustration, we'll start to put some real focus and some real effort into seeing our lives change and allow God's spirit to change us from the inside out. Frustration, we'll try this and see if it works for me now. There we go. Frustration can lead to fulfillment. Frustration, be, it can actually bring focus. Frustration can increase faith. And it can cause you to trust in God, a God that you can't see, to get you through a situation where you see no way out. So frustration can lead to fulfillment. So let me encourage you this morning, if anyone's feeling frustrated, realize this. I haven't experienced this, but it may in fact be God allowing birthing pains in your life. So I haven't experienced it in the physical, but in the spiritual I have. <laughs> but it can be like God allowing birthing pains and highlighting an area of your life where it's actually time to change. So rather than going, like, oh, why do I feel so frustrated? Maybe it's time to change. Maybe it's time to move. Maybe it's time to step into something new, to shift focus. Never settle for less than. Less than God's promises, less than the life he has called you to. Sometimes, though, in life, we can feel stuck, stuck in the middle. Just stay with me, and I'll explain if I can. Sometimes we need to look back in our lives. Although I've heard a saying just recently that I thought was really cool. It's like, don't look back. It's not the direction you're going. But sometimes it's good to reflect and look back. And then we realize just how far God has actually already brought us. So salvation means I am not now what I once was. How many can raise their right hand and say, I'm not now what I once was? I see that hand. I see that. But at the same time as you raise your right hand, you raise your left hand and say, but I'm not where I want to be. I think that's true for all of us. So I want to use a little illustration this morning, and hopefully this is going to make sense and explain a few things. <clears throat> so I'm going to get Jimmy up. If you can come and, come and stand over here, Jimmy. All you need to do is stand just about here. Isn't he a beautiful man? I just, I chose him actually because I know he's got thick skin and I don't want him to get, don't want him to get offended. So. And Isaac, do you want to come up too? I need another volunteer. 
So if you could stand about here. No, just facing that way. So there's a gap between the two guys, isn't there? A gap between Jimmy and a gap between Isaac. And you know, this is the illustration. I put myself in this gap. And this is the gap sometimes where we find ourselves living, probably most of the time. So, sorry, Jimmy. This is where I used to be. This is where I once was, but I'm not there anymore. Don't be offended. And this is, I'm, I'm not here yet, though. Isaac's in front of me. I'm, I'm not there yet. And you know, as Christians, often we expect that as we grow, as we get closer to God, as we submit more of our lives to him, that this gap actually disappears. And that we get closer and closer to God and come alongside him. Now, hopefully, my technology is going to work here preaching off two different devices. One's bad enough. <laughs> so, I'm in this gap here. So sometimes we can feel stuck in the middle, and sometimes we need to look back and say, thank God I'm not where I used to be. <laughs> See why I picked Jimmy. <laughs> To realize just how far we've come. But the old has passed and the new has come. I'm not what I once was. And I've found in life as I walked with Christ that he will gradually change me and conform me to become more like him. And like I said, my expectation is that as I step closer to God, that that gap will get smaller. That that gap would shrink let me show you something, and, and sometimes I think this can be helpful when we feel like we might not measure up as Christians. We need to understand that salvation is a gift, but it's also something that we keep working out. And like Jimmy actually said earlier in worship, there's that term sanctification. So we're always continually becoming more and more like God. But my expectation as, as I walk with Jesus, as I follow him, as I choose to eliminate certain things from my life that are causing me to focus energy that could be applied to stepping into my purpose, that the gap behind me will get bigger and the gap in front of me will get smaller. But guess what God does? When you take a step, when you make a move, so you step when I step, okay? Watch this. When you step, God does too. Now if I step closer to God and step out into more of him, like there's still a gap here, but the gap there's got bigger. In my mind, though, the goal was that this gap goes away. But the problem is then, if we ever think we've got to this point, don't take a step now. If we ever think we've got to this point and that we've arrived, that pride is sure to follow. So what God does is this. He leads us step by step, always encouraging us to keep growing. So you look back and you go, oh, good, I'm moving forward. 
But then you look forward, and at times it doesn't look like you've moved forward much at all. It doesn't look like you've gone anywhere. But you need to know this morning that wherever you are right now, that God is right there, that God is encouraging you. Maybe you're feeling frustrated with life. Then step out. Move, trust him. As I said earlier, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I know Wes has shared recently the definition of insanity is doing the same thing but expecting different results. So, yeah, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. So we actually need grace for both gaps. The same grace that caused this gap between where I once was and where I am is the same grace I need to keep moving forward, if that makes sense. So God would say this to everyone this morning, whether you're in the middle of something right now, whether you're right here or listening on podcast, if you're in the middle of the change, in the middle of process, in the middle of becoming, or in the middle of a storm, keep stepping. Are we ready? Keep stepping. Stay in the middle. Stay in faith. Stay in courage. Stay blessed. Stay in his hand. And then suddenly you look back and say, whoa. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, a, um, hopefully that's a helpful little illustration. You, go, you guys can, <laughs> Jimmy goes, not really. You guys can both gra- grab a seat. <laughs> yeah, good job. God says, I am with you. So we actually need his amazing grace. There's another song. There, but we won't go into that. <laughs> I'm sure you all know that one. We need his amazing grace for both gaps because we need his grace that makes us grateful that we're not where we used to be. And we need his grace that makes us grow. See, if God suddenly like just stood way far off where he wants us to be perfect in eternity, we'd just stand there like feeling like there was no hope. It's like, oh, he goes, come on, just step with me. Take another step. Take another step. Take another step. So a question for us both as a church family and individually this morning as I begin to wrap things up. Have you settled for less than? What is God calling you to step out into? Or have you at times like the Israelites arrived at the very border of your promised land? only to be scared off by seeing there was opposition, scared off by hardship, scared off by giants. You know, often just like the Israelites, we can expect God to remove all the obstacles and giants before we are willing to move. Like when the Israelite spies came back, most of them said, oh no, it's way too difficult. The land's inhabited by giants. So they thought it wasn't time for them to move. And we can often fall into that trap too. When we see obstacles, it's like, oh, no, it's not quite God's timing. When we see giants, things coming against us, it's like, oh, obviously God doesn't want that for me. For other people, but not for me. But God wants us to have faith. 
faith that won't settle for less than. You know, I read a really interesting scripture while preparing. Now, this isn't on the screen, so you can turn turn to it if you want to. It's in Deuteronomy, of all places. Chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 17 to 23. So 7, picking it up at 17. You're going to think to yourselves, oh, we're outnumbered 10 to 1 by these nations. We'll never even make a dent in them. But I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Remember, yes, remember in detail what God, your God, did to Pharaoh in all Egypt. Remember the great contest to which you were eyewitnesses, the miracle signs, the wonders, God's mighty hand, as he stretched out his arm and took you out of there, took you out from where you once were. God, your God, is going to do the same thing to these people you're so afraid of now. And to top it off, the hornet, it's a bit random, God will unleash the hornet until every survivor, even in hiding, is dead. So don't be intimidated by them. God, your God, is among you. God majestic, God awesome, God your God. He will eliminate these nations bit by bit, little by little. You won't be permitted to wipe them all out at once, lest the wild animals take over and your enemies overwhelm you. But God, your God, will move them out of the way. He'll throw them into a huge panic until there's nothing left of them. He'll turn their kings over to you and you'll remove all trace of them under heaven. Now you might say, where on earth are you going with that? (laughs) But if we look again at verse 22, You won't be permitted to wipe them all out at once, lest the wild animals take over and overwhelm you. But God, your God, will move them out of your way, little by little. So it just talks about in that scripture there, like the Israelites would have preferred to go into the promised land with all the enemies and all the obstacles, all the giants gone. Which I'm sure is what we'd prefer in life before we go, okay, God, I'm going to step, but hang on. I see giants. Hang on, I see obstacles. And you know, God is actually stepping ahead of us like in that illustration, little by little, bit by bit. He's enlarging us to be ready to step into what He's calling us to. So like with the Israelites, if He had wiped out all their enemies, taken all the obstacles out of the promised land, they would have actually been overwhelmed by wild animals, by other obstacles that would come against them. So God in his wisdom said, no, little by little, bit by bit, will overcome the enemy. So that's what he's calling us to. Like, don't expect the enemy, the obstacles, the giants to be taken away, but just step. And as we take a step, as we take another step, as we take another step, we'll see ourselves stepping into more and more of what God has for us and will be enlarged. So regardless of what we can see, we need our trust, our faith, our expectation of God to move, to rise above 
what we see with our own eyes. So let me encourage you this morning, raise your level of expectation. Raise your level of expectation of what God will do both in and through your life. Don't settle for less than. See, I know in my own life, there's been times where I looked at other people, I compared myself to what other people had, other people's talents, and I thought, I can't do that. And I actually began to settle for less than. You know, that's not a good place to live because it can take you into all sorts of problems. I ended up going down the track of depression and that's um, not a nice place to go if anyone's been there or is in that place. It's a big struggle, but, you know, then I began as Jimmy actually shared in worship this morning, I began to worship God in that. And I went through a real rough point and one of my mentors, she said to me, I'm going to tell you to do something that's probably the last thing you want to hear right now. And I said, what's that? And she goes, you need to start worshipping God. Just worship God where you are right now. When your life feels less than, when your life feels like you're not going to step into the promises of God, just start worshipping Him and thanking Him for His promises that you are called to greatness. So don't settle for less than. Don't settle for less than. Because you know God actually has a, how do we put this? God has a unique calling on each of our lives. So we don't want to try and be like someone else. And I thought of this analogy this morning, that if you've played any racket sports like tennis, squash, there's a point on the racket, it's called the sweet spot. Has anyone heard of that? Sweet spot on the racket. So when you hit the ball in that sweet spot, the ball moves with much more accuracy, much more power. And if you've actually hit the ball like that, if you've ever experienced it playing those sports, it's like, oh, it just feels good. It's like, that's going to go well. But the opposite's true too. If you are not operating in your sweet spot, what God has called you to, it's like trying to hit the ball on the rim of the racket. It's just not going to work very well (laughs) because then you're actually desiring what someone else has rather than what God has for you. And He wants each of us, because we're all unique, right? Some of us a little bit more unique than others. (laughs) That's all good. We love everyone. Thank you. Adrian, So yeah, don't settle for less than. In closing, if this works, I'd like to leave you with this great life-changing quote. Are you ready for it? You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. This is.